Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to Kicked Back presented by Uber One. Uber One is a membership that lets you save across Uber Eats, Uber Rides, and everything in between. Enjoy unlimited $0 delivery fees, 5% off of Eats, 5% off of Rides, and if you join Uber One today, you can get your first month free. Visit uber.com slash uberone for details. Champions League round of 16 preview show today on Kicked Back presented by Uber One. Liam, grab your popcorn, grab your chips, grab whatever you like to eat because we're in for a treat. There is a lot of good games in this one. Just as we like to see. I know. That's what we wanted. That's what you signed up for with the Champions League. A lot of people were like, oh, well, it's rigged because we got PSG and Bayern. What I say to you, PSG fans, is when you group and you won't get Bayern Munich. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited. We're going to save that one for last because I'm so excited to hear what, what you think about that. We haven't talked about this yet. No. I don't no. know any of your predictions. I made a video yesterday on socials about mine. I don't know if you saw it, but if you did, you know mine. If you didn't, my picks would be a surprise. Remember. But I, I, I like the element of surprise, okay, so good. we'll see how it goes. Um, before, for anyone watching, I'm in a full-blown jacket because for the second time on the show when we recorded, I'm in a green sweater sitting in front of a green screen, so my head would be floating, and <laughs> I am 100% two for two in that category, and I can't believe I took another L. Well, I wore a hat which had a green band on it, and as you can see on the show here, the green band is now blue. Yeah. So... Two for two, two my hair looks two. half decent today. So we'll roll with it. We're here. You should have seen what happened before the show started. The green screen wasn't even up properly, and now everything's... We're good. We're, we're ready good. to rock and roll. Okay, rock and roll. Let's do it. Round of 16. We're going to start with the first team, Leipzig versus Man City. We know that Leipzig finished second in the group, uh, group F, just below Real Madrid. And one of my favorite moments, when Leipzig found out that they were taking on Man City, they're... Twitter account tweeted, uh, uh, quote unquote, looking forward to it, Man City. And then there was a photo or like a GIF attached to it of one of those Simpson characters. And it had a caption on it saying, I'm in danger. Like, it's just so funny how obviously I know that the morale in the team is like, okay, we can go into it, you know, giving them a challenge. It's just so funny how the Twitter account handled it, because we all know that that's what probably any team would think taking on Man City in the round of 16. There was probably two teams, all the second place teams were like, okay, we just don't want to face them. <laughs> City was one, and Real Madrid was probably the other yeah. for most teams. And now it's like, ugh, well, it probably isn't going to go too yeah. well for us, but Leipzig, they're a good team. They have some talented they, players. They got a lot, and Cuckoo's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
They have the other. They have a Hungarian midfielder who I'm not going to try and say his name. Zablowski or something like that. He's a really good one. But City, I mean, they're one of the favorites to win the tournament. I don't think it really mattered who they were going to face in this round of 16. They were always going to be the favorites unless maybe they got Paris. But yeah. Other than that, like City, this really feels like it's their tie to lose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you know that Nkunku leads the um, Bundesliga in goals? Oh, really? I'm 11 sure. goals in 13 games. I guess that's what happens when Lewandowski leaves the I league. Know, Somebody I else know. has to take the throne. <laughs> it's crazy, though, because you wouldn't think maybe a guy from Leipzig would be doing that. So there are some like silent leaders and, and talent on this team that you wouldn't necessarily think of immediately when you hear Leipzig. And I say that respectfully. Um, and obviously also Timo Werner, but he's injured and he's out. Yeah, Even that- for the World Cup, which is so sad for him and obviously a big loss for Germany. But... A team that I still think is good, but when you're taking on Man City, who's lethal this season, I think that, you know, the straight up fact is that this is a... It's an uphill battle. <laughs> Absolutely. It's an uphill battle. I guess to give Leipzig credit too, they did beat Baron Dud, which is big. But yeah, at the end of the day, like you're in, you're in a tough tie. Lots of good players on this team, but are they going to be able to overcome such a strong team in Manchester City and, and Pep? It, it, it seems like it's going to be a challenge. I think it'll actually be a lot closer than maybe initially expected. But again, Leipzig are going to really have to bring their A game to knock City out of this tournament. You know how some teams, when they play an opponent that's not as good as them, they almost, you know how that saying goes, they play down to their opposition. Yeah. I really don't think that this is, not that Man City would be playing extremely down to Leipzig's uh, perf- like ability. I'm not absolutely I'm not crapping on them completely I'm just saying that I don't think that that's going to be the case with this Man City team because they have something huge to prove in the Champions League and so does Pep and I feel like Mm -hmm. Pep's going into every single game like it's a Real Madrid because he wants to win that championship so badly so I don't know I, 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 I would be a team I think Real Madrid is of course a team I wouldn't want to play but for some reason I wouldn't want to play Man City even more because of how much they want to prove. Yeah, there's a lot on the line for City in the terms of, I guess, respect in a way to become Mm -hmm. one of the big clubs in Europe. And they're well on the way with the Premier Leagues and their other trophies they've won. But the Champions League is the one thing that's missing from from their trophy case, definitely. And, you know, actually, last year when we spoke about all those managers and I said Klopp was better than Pep, I really thought about it a lot more over the weekend. And I don't know if I actually agree with myself anymore. It's like, okay to go back, and, yeah, especially on managers. Yeah, there's a lot. And I, you know, I did like a little bit of research on it. I was like, I wonder if that really, I do feel like this. Because I, I said it and I thought, oh, I don't know. And I think just the way, just to go back in it quickly, is just the way he was able to build Barcelona into such like a talented team and like, one of the best and now that he's gone they've they've fallen mm-hmm. off a cliff and he was the one who kind of made Messi so great too and now he's doing something similar with like Holland and Foden as well taking him to the next level and by when he was with yeah. Bayern he set all these records so I guess to go back on it I think Pep is better than Klopp Pep, how he's built teams is super impressive. And I think, again, when we talk about City's success, that's why I said I want to dedicate an entire episode to what Pep has done with City. Erling Holland was that missing piece, I think, for them, that clinical striker who's going to find a way to convert, you know, a Kevin De Bruyne pass to the back of the net goal. And I think that that's exactly what Pep's done with this team. And again, the scariest thing about City is from top to bottom, they have superstars and they are so efficient and they've molded into this 
team, not just the way they play, but you can tell that they're friends and they're buddies and that translates onto the pitch. And I don't know, like Kevin De Bruyne right now and Erling Holland, what they're doing is... Outstanding. Uh, there's no other word for it. Yeah. They are the most dynamic duo in football right now. I think another thing to give Pep credit for, and I think we're seeing it a little bit with Liverpool this season, and I know the situations with owners are a lot different. Like there was this thing yesterday where Liverpool's now up for sale, so that's a <laughs> that's a big turn of events. They're saying it's because they took their they got uh, Real Madrid oh, in the yeah. draft. I think <laughs> well, it's so funny. <laughs> makes Kidding, sense. obviously. Klopp's actually never beaten Real Madrid. I know. He's never beaten. How it, crazy is that? It is crazy. Just like the success he's, he's had and he's never been able to beat them. But it makes sense, I suppose. Uh, Real Madrid are obviously great. But when you have all this money, like it's easy to have the money, but how are you spending the money? Mm-hmm. And like buying the right guys is obviously key. And Pep's been able to do that and replace guys. Like obviously Aguero wasn't replaced Overnight, but there was guys within the squad who were able to step in, and now they have Holland. And I think when you look at a team like Liverpool, where you lose Sadio Mane, it's out the season is collapsed because of one loss of a player, and it shows like obviously one you need money to invest in the team, which I don't think Liverpool have a hundred percent had. Like obviously they spent Nunes, but there's other areas, and like two like picking the right guys is is massive. So yeah, that's my little. My little uh, recap on how I was wrong on Thursday. <laughs> no, it's okay. But I always feel like these are conversations that are fluid, right? Um, I think Ancelotti's done a great job. I might think that, you know, if Klopp beats Real Madrid every single time for the next 10 years and wins the next 10 Champions League titles, yeah. my opinion will probably change. Yep. So these are fluid conversations and reflection always happens to us football fans. We're always trying to navigate like everything that's going on. So I think that that's totally fine. It's a fair point either way. There's actually, uh, do you see Javi Alonso is now manager of Bayer Leverkusen? I saw that, yeah. He's been doing really, really well. Very Just, well. Uh, kind of another young Spanish manager coming through because they, they knocked out Atletico Madrid. Yeah. So yeah. Also another Alonso. guy who was so good when he was oh, a player. He was unreal. I always remember, uh, this was, a, I think it was like 2005 and this is kind of a niche memory, I guess, but <laughs> Liverpool played Luton Town in the FA Cup and Alonso scored from like half yeah. and I was just watching it live and he just shot it. I was like, wow, that is going in. And he was like cleaning. It was crazy. I know that he was a highly respected player, but I still don't. When you think of some of the greats, I feel like Xavi and Iniesta are talked about more. He was definitely, it's kind of almost in a way similar to like the Skulls, Gerrard and Lampard debate. Yeah. Where like Gerrard and Lampard scored so many goals and they were kind of like thriving. And then like Skulls obviously winning a little bit more, but he was kind of like, buried within the team and yeah. the discussion that's kind of like how Alonso was with that like yeah. Barcelona trio right yeah but I totally he, agree he was fantastic he was player. hey yeah and he was like the co- a massive piece of the, all those Spanish teams too with Xavi and Iniesta so yeah one of the best the good old days hey yeah, they are quite fun to look back on. I know. Sometimes. Honestly, I know that we have so much to be excited about with the future. But when you think about our childhood and the players and the games that we grew up with, I don't know if it's just me getting old, but I don't know if I'll ever, if for me personally, watch moments with players like that in it. I don't know. For me, it was a different feel. And I'm sure yeah. that people who grew up with Pele and Maradona and Cruyff and all of these guys would say the same thing about their generation, but that's just how I feel. I, I think a big thing for, because I'm with you, like it is, the football feels a little bit different now. Yeah. But I think what the the thing was for us is we didn't have a comparison. Yeah. Like those were the guys we grew up with and now we see these guys like 
Pedri, where it's like, oh, well, he's not quite Xavi yet, or like Haaland, and he's like, oh, he's not quite Alan Shearer yet. It's, it's kind of true. stuff like that, you know, and I don't think it's like a bad thing. And <laughs> now all these kids are growing up with with Pedri and yeah. Haaland. It's, football's still great, and it's, it's, yeah, but like the good times will always be the good times. Yeah. Question for you. Do you think Kevin De Bruyne is the best midfielder in the world? No, in the Premier League. Um... Oh yeah, I think yeah. so. he's probably the best player. That's what I was going to ask next. Yeah, he's probably the best player. Like Holland's right up there. I mean, Holland's probably front runner for Ballon d'Or right now. No, like probably for next year, I would yeah, say he's probably so. right up there with like Neymar and Messi. But yeah, I would say him and KDB are th- too good. I don't know if there's really many players in in that mm-hmm. class right now. So I would say that I do think that he is the best player in the Premier League. And I would go as far as to say in the world right now, because Mm -hmm. when you look at him, in my opinion, he's the most well-rounded footballer at the moment. In terms of him being able to create his own scoring chances and then him being able to funnel these incredible passes that he puts on a dime lately, especially, it's insane. To be able to do both and get a ball up top to an Erling Holland or strike one himself, he's able to complete... Like, he's just the complete midfielder to me. And a guy that I think gets credit at Manchester City, we all know how incredible he is as a midfielder. Yeah. But I don't think that we credit the club or the team's success as much as he probably deserves to have that recognition for because he's, unfortunately, a midfielder. Our midfielders are overlooked in conversations like this because he's not in these, like, big, memorable goal-scoring situations all the time like Erling Holland is right like he's gonna yeah. get the glory when he puts the ball into the back of the net and he deserves that but I think that Kevin De Bruyne at this moment in time needs to be in the conversation to become right now the best player in the world because I don't think that there is anyone in the game right now that can do everything that he does on the pitch as well as he does yeah that's probably fair like he, he um he's not out there scoring goals every week right but he's the one making all the goals and I think I think everyone knows how good he is, and it's almost mm-hmm. um, to his own fault, I suppose, that people don't recognize him as highly as he always should. Like, I think people obviously think he's one of the best, but it's like, oh, it's just De Bruyne. He just does that. Like, you know what I, mean? I feel like it's, it's kinda... a midfielder conversation. Yeah, like, even yeah. Modric. Like, we all know yeah. how amazing he is, and he has that outside-of-the-foot pass to Benzema, but Benzema scores that goal, <laughs> and it's about Benzema, which I totally – like, I love Benzema. I love that for him. But Modric kind of, we're all like, wow, that pass was incredible. And then we kind of forget. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's that's, so that's unfortunate for mid- justice it. for midfielders. <laughs> uh, but listen to this. No player in the Premier League has more goal, goal contributions than Kevin De Bruyne in 2022. Uh, 41 games. He has 40 goals and assists. I'm just looking here on this website. So the only players in the world who has more assists than KDB this year is Messi. Well, I mean, that's that's I, also insane that that's Messi. Yeah, Messi has 10, KDB has 9, and Neymar also has 9, and there's just like a few other guys. Messi, guys. Messi's feeling it right now. Yeah, he's uh, he's on another level too, actually. Which is, he's kind of, so it's that, people call it a sophomore slump, he's just sophomore thrive. I don't know, I can't think of any alliteration and for that. But. <laughs> <laughs> sophomore thrive. Also, something that could happen with Ronaldo next season. Yeah, you never know when he's playing in the MLS. <laughs> I, 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 well, I he might be joining Messi because Messi's apparently going there too. Could you imagine in the same year Ronaldo and Messi go to Major League Soccer? I texted 
my girlfriend as I like saw the rumors. I was like, we might have a trip to Miami next summer. By the way, oh. she said, like, "Oh, did you win something?" I was like, oh, "Not quite, <laughs> but, but we'll Could get you, something." What do you think would happen to the football world if both Messi and Ronaldo joined MLS at the same time? <laughs> it would be, it would, it would take MLS obviously to another level. I think it would be a massive thing for the World Cup coming up, obviously in Canada and the U.S. And I think that's something that MLS would almost heavily invest in itself to get at least one of them there. I know apparently when Beckham took over into Miami, like his thing was, is like, oh, like him and I can't remember the other group that he's with, but it's like two brothers or mm-hmm. however many brothers. Their big thing was, is like, we want to bring Messi to yep. Miami, right? But apparently Beckham's just been not been in the conversations. Oh. And it's like going really well. So like, I because I was talking to my friends about it. I was like, oh, well, I mean, you got the Beckham factor. And I was doing a little bit of reading there. And it was like, yeah, like Beckham actually hasn't had that much influence on this conversation. And I guess like Messi lives there at certain points of the year. And uh, they've been talking to his dad and stuff like this. So like conversations are going well, I mean, I actually, my uncle lives in Atlanta, which isn't too far away from Miami. So maybe uh, when Miami go to Atlanta, that's where I'll see Messi. You know what? As much as everyone loves to shit on the MLS, I would love to see Ronaldo and Messi there because the league would demand respect at that point. And football mm-hmm. fans around the world would have to just accept the fact that some of the greatest players of our generation of all time will be playing in MLS. And I would love nothing more as a woman who was born in North America to see this happen. And LAFC at the um, in the MLS yeah. Cup final was one of the craziest finishes to an MLS game that I've ever seen. I think and any football game. Honestly, I've ever seen. it was it was <clears throat> wild, and I think that people who don't know about MLS, people who don't watch games, have no idea what the passion is like from the fans that live here. We don't. We can't go to Europe every single day for a game. We can't mm-hmm. watch a Premier League. We can't say, "Oh, hey, it's Saturday. Like I'm gonna go watch Liverpool play today because." Because I have season tickets. We're far away from that. So the closest thing to us is a Toronto FC game, is an Atlanta game, is an is an Inter-Miami game. And the fans are wild. We saw Justin and Haley Bieber there having yeah. the time of their lives. Big time celebrities who I'm sure don't really go to MLS soccer games. And they were blown away. And I, on, I only think it's going to get bigger. And if Messi and Ronaldo joined... The football landscape and the culture in North America would be completely changed for the better. And I have a feeling that one, a lot more players would be coming to this league. Two, the uh, stereotype around Major League Soccer would change. And three, a lot more fans would have no choice but to get on board. I think um, something that MLS has done a really good job of in the past let's say five years or so, like kind of at the end of the era of what, when Lampard, Polo, David Villa, Gerard, yeah. all those guys were here, Kaka, it's done a good job of Id- growing an identity for itself mm-hmm. too. Like not just like, oh, we just bring all these big names from Europe. And obviously some teams still do. And it's important to do like Bale and Keely and it would just yeah. on LAFC, but also like Philadelphia, they've got a lot of guys who have just kind of like, played in North America or yep. like wherever, right? They've built their own brand. And I think that's something the MLS has, has done a good job of the last however many years. And yeah, like f- from a Canadian standpoint, the a lot of Canada's good players, are, like their yeah. whole back line basically plays in the MLS. And yep. there's, a lot, there's a lot to come from here. And I also like that the MLS has taken a stance of understanding that they are somewhat of a development league coming through. Like 
Alfonso Davies, like the biggest yeah. example, Tejon Buchanan, two guys now thriving in Europe. Like there's tons of other guys, I'm sure, like I'd even name, but you know, it's not just like, oh, these American, Canadian, Mexican players have to go and play in Europe to start their careers and become great players. Like, no, you can start here and build your brand here and then eventually make your way overseas. But yeah, I think MLS as a whole is just, it's getting better and better and getting more eyes. And yeah, it's, it's awesome. And even the Canadian Premier League too, and it's in the early stages of all of that. But yeah, like a lot of, a lot of good is going on there too. And I believe they just named like, a new team in Vancouver or something too. So it's, I know there was a team out there already, but just kind of the growth of the game is getting bigger in Canada and North, and North America as a whole. And it's, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. And I, and it will only continue to grow one with how can like CONCACAF teams perform in world cup. Yep. That's why I'm rooting for them all. And two, the world cup in 2026, these are all huge moments for, for us. Um, and I just think that the game is going to, is going to grow and grow and, and there's money in MLS. So these players, oh, there stop. is a lot of money. There's, <laughs> there's money in MLS and there's also Messi. Like why would Messi not want to come to Miami? I would move to Miami for a 30% stake in a team and, uh, get a paycheck for $200 million. Yeah. I, I, mean, I would too. If anyone good offering. weather, good money, you know, I'd, I'm sure players that he's going to want to play with or interact with or manage yeah. or have some type of managerial role within the within the club. It's like a win-win situation for a lot of these footballers and maybe not as heavy as a schedule or a demanding schedule with practices and pressure and, and whatnot. Like to me, it's just, it's going to keep growing for all the right reasons. Yeah, the lifestyle I think mm-hmm. is a big thing too. But yeah, MLS on the rise. Great game the other day with LA and Philly. Great way to just I know. end the season, yeah. cap it all off and... Yeah, next year, obviously, this kind of works out well for players in the MLS with the World Cup yeah. coming up. Yeah. So maybe an advantage for US and Canada in a slight way after the horror of Alfonso Davies this past oh my weekend. Gosh. Oh my goodness. We all collectively, I think, had very <laughs> minor panic attacks. I just saw it and I was like, that is, that can't be good at all. And like, I don't even really know what the official diagnosis was i just saw that they said there was no risk of him missing participation in the world cup i wonder if that means maybe he misses the first game perhaps or something like that i hope not i hope i hope he misses no games i hope you're okay mr davies and uh yeah but a little little crazy little thing he can't miss the first game because the first game is belgium Ah, so (laughs) we we can't be having any games missed from alfonso hopefully he's feeling better but i think collectively nationwide we were all like No, yeah, I know. I, I made a comment on Twitter, actually, that I, I guess I can explain it a little bit more here. But I said, that like, obviously, da- losing Davies is massive, of like course. if he was out. But also, I don't think this team is self-reliant on Alfonso Davies. Luckily, like Canada has a lot of other talent, too, where if Davies was to not make the World Cup, which it looks like he'll be able to now, but it wouldn't be like, oh, well, tournament's done. Like, there'd still be, like, a chance for them to hopefully do something, but not as well, of course. But there's still, like, talent on this team to thrive in other areas, too. So the the depth, I think, is what people are going to start to realize when um, World Cup comes around. And that's why, also, I'm very excited for that game that they have coming up in the next week or so. Friday. Friday. Yeah. This week. Um, So... We'll see. I, losing Alfonso Davies, for me, I would be like, oh, no, this is a guy that uh, we need. 
<laughs> yeah. we, we, we absolutely need. And also for him personally, I, I would hate for him to miss any games because I really think that his stock is only going to rise at the World Cup. And I want that for him so badly because he deserves all the credit and respect. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully he's feeling good. But, okay, let's move on because yes. we got a lot of Champions League uh, matches to go up uh, and talk about Club Bruges and Benfica. Obviously, Club Bruges, our boys, Kyle Laren, Tejan Buchanan. Uh, I want them to do well, <laughs> but Benfica, man, they are on another level right now. They've scored 63 goals in 23 games, scoring 20 goals in their last four they are just on another level in terms of being undefeated with PSG mm-hmm. across all competitions in Europe. And I think they're playing such a high level of football that although Club Bruges is good and talented and hungry, I don't think that they'll be able to match up with Benfica in a way where they're going to beat them in this matchup. It's a tall order for Club Bruges. Yeah, it's they're, a perfect way to say it. I think they've accomplished what they wanted to accomplish already. So anything more is... Just added bonus. So I guess just on Benfica to show how how well they've done this season. Obviously you read those stats there. So this season they are top of top of the Portuguese mm-hmm. league with thirty four points, conceded only six goals. Last season they were third in the league after the end of thirty four games with seventy four points. They have just blown the competition out of the war in the Portuguese league, and this team is just just thriving off confidence right now and it's I think that's just what's going to benefit them so much I really think this is kind of a one-sided battle as well um not to write off Club Bruges because they've they've done so well this competition but the wheels have fallen off a little bit in the last two games for them I also don't believe they're doing that great in their domestic competition let me just pull it up here I believe they're actually not first yeah there they are fourth so damn really yeah they're fourth they're usually much better but yeah there's a they have 32 points and Genkin first is 43 after 16 games so so they're doing well in the champions league but not their domestic i think yeah (laughs) which is a it's like liverpool yeah yeah kind (laughs) of like that so i i think this is one-sided i think benfica should should qualify for the last uh last eight in this competition and yeah just keep going on then benfica I think whoever they play, they're going to have a tough time. Like, they topped a good group. How about these Portuguese teams demanding respect on their leagues and their clubs? Yeah. I love this picture in the Champions League right now. I love it because I didn't have Porto uh, advancing. I didn't necessarily think Benfica was going to be as hot as they have been. And I'm just like, yep, these are clubs that, you know, are proving everyone wrong. And I love to see it because it's not just... Two leagues right now dominating the Champions League. Well, I was listening to this podcast actually the other day, and it was talking about the Super League that was okay. brought up and everything like that. And now the three teams that were really driving the Super League were Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Juventus. Well, two of those teams aren't in the Champions League anymore, and they're in the Europa League. And now, I can't remember what year this was. This within the last two or three years, but there was no team outside of the top five leagues that qualified for the last 16 of the Champions League. And now you look at it, we have an Italian team, English team, Portuguese, Belgium, German. I love it. Lots uh, of German. Lo- yeah, a bunch of German. And then there was one other one that was kind of out there too. Uh, maybe the uh, French. Yep. So you have six different nations there, maybe seven. I can't remember what I even counted that have qualified for the next round. While teams like Juventus miss out. Um, who else was there? Like 
obviously Barcelona is the big one. Atletico Madrid. That was huge. Uh, like this, these these teams who are these super league teams who can't even qualify for the Champions League last sixteen, and they were talking about how like oh the Champions League is too predictable, and you know there's not enough competition mm-hmm. outside of the top five leagues. Well, uh, screw you. Quite right. frankly, like Champions League is thriving. I think this year we're going to get something really special. I think there's going to be a lot of teams, and we'll keep previewing them, obviously, but a lot of teams that may be surprised and just keep making this competition great and push those champ- uh, Super League thoughts out of everybody's head. I agree. I agree. So we're both saying Benfica on this one. Yes. Yeah, okay. I think I think almost comfortably. Okay. Liverpool, Real Madrid. I called my dad yesterday because he was at work. So he had no idea what the draw was. And I said, Dad, you see who Liverpool got? And my dad's the biggest Liverpool fan in the world. So I said, hey, did you see who Liverpool's playing in the round of 16? He goes, no. I said, one guess. He goes, don't tell me it's Real Madrid. (laughs) I said, it's Real Madrid. And he goes, and I don't want to swear, but for context's sake, I will. He goes, oh, fuck. And I'm like, I love to see this entire situation unfold not because I don't want to see Liverpool succeed but this is just this is a match where you're going to get your popcorn because these are two clubs that have seen each other consistently throughout the Champions League Real Madrid has had more success in this matchup than Liverpool but it's a big battle for Klopp and I'm so excited to see if Klopp is going to rise to the occasion against one of the greatest managers of all time Carlo Ancelotti and get his first W for Liverpool as a manager against the Spanish side it's been a roller coaster ride for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. They're not doing as good as they should be in, in the Premier League. But they've been doing not terribly in the Champions League. They gave Napoli their first loss of the season. So this can go either way. Mo Salah's been feeling it lately. He's been doing really well. He has four goals in four games. This is a team that can turn it on. This is a team that can upset big, uh, big teams. We've seen it with Napoli. We've seen it with Manchester City. Do they have what it takes to beat a Real Madrid? I personally don't think so, but this is a game that I'm like, cancel my schedule, whatever I have, a dentist appointment, a doctor's appointment, if I have a work meeting, this is one that I'm watching top to bottom completely with no distractions. I think this is the toughest tie to pick a winner from. Okay. For two reasons. One, the first leg is at Anfield. I think that'll play into things quite a bit for Liverpool's advantage. And two, it's after the World Cup. True, yeah. So Klopp has had this thing where he's like, we will thrive after the World Cup and all this kind of stuff, which is, you can say it. Can you walk the walk, though? That's the big thing. I think it's hard to say Real Madrid won't win this tie, but also I'm finding it so difficult to say like Liverpool won't give them everything. And I oh, think Liverpool, I think that the hope of winning the Premier League is out of the window for Liverpool. Like, I, they're going to be struggled to maybe even break into the top three at this point. I'm going to go... <laughs> I don't even want to do that. I was going to say I'm going to go for Liverpool. I'm just going to go Real Madrid. I I don't know if I even want to say that. Can they both go through? Yeah. Is that an option? No, one team can only... <laughs> can you imagine you make the executive decision? Oh. <laughs> this, this matchup doesn't matter. They're both through. I will go Real Madrid. Okay. Okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. Think about Real Madrid's roster. Some of the best footballers in the world play for this team, and some of the best up-and-coming footballers play for this team. 
with one of the best managers. Yep. This is a situation, in my opinion, where other teams are playing checkers and Ancelotti and Real Madrid are playing chess. The reality is, at this moment in time, it's Real Madrid's tournament and everyone is just playing in it. So do you think, even if the game's at Anfield, and maybe it might be a tough situation for Real Madrid, that at the end of this entire scenario, Liverpool walks out with a win? Or does, from what you know about Real Madrid, Mm -hmm. from what you've seen them do, how clinical they are, the slow burn, the patience, and then just the execution, do you think the Liverpool team that we know and we've been watching play has the complete performance from the first minute of the game to the last minute in both stretches to take down this Real Madrid team? No. Real Madrid lost yesterday, though. I saw that. That was weird. They blew a lead, which was kind of nuts. This is going to happen, though, right? This is what everyone's going to like. This is going to happen because they've been on such a tear and they're in the spotlight. This was like their first game lost in their first league game lost in how long? Uh, I'm not sure, but it was the first one lost. But now they've lost in the last... These are their last four results. They lost to uh, Leipzig. They drew a game. And then they beat Celtic. And then they lost uh, lost yesterday. These things are going to happen because you can't win every single game. And the teams that do somehow trip up and like when they need to win most. So I don't mm. mind these w- random weird losses here and there. Also... Uh, I don't. That doesn't make me lose faith because I think that yeah. this is a Real Madrid Madrid team that would get up for a Liverpool game just because of context and history. Yeah, I I'll go Real Madrid. But this, yeah. I don't want Liverpool fans to come for me because I think Nunes has been playing really well. Um, I think that Mo Salah's been playing really well. I think that Klopp knows what he's doing. I feel like Klopp's been scheming and even in his dreams because this is such a massive game for him personally. Um, so, you know, maybe they come out with this unreal tactical plan and their players are up for it. I just have a hard time really putting all my money on Liverpool when they go and they beat a Man City and then they lose to a Nottingham Forest. Like that, that to me, and it's, I get that that happens. It's just the inconsistency of the team this season that makes me doubt them being able to take down a Real Madrid. But that also makes me think they can take down a Real Madrid because they win the big games. They win the big games, which is... And, and I'm looking at the results here. Yes, so they lost to Arsenal and uh, United earlier in the season. Then you come back and you beat City. You beat West Ham, which is a good result. You beat Ajax. You beat Napoli. You beat Tottenham. But then you also lose to Leeds and Nottingham Forest. Like, it's just like... They're so hard to predict what's going to happen. Like, they could literally any kind of Liverpool team could show up on that day. Like, you, with City, you just know that, like, like what the other day when they were down 10 men to Fulham, it's like, they're probably going to come back and win this. If Liverpool was down 10 men, I don't know if they would come back and win. You know when I mean? they when Liverpool played City, City played god-awful. Yeah. That was a terrible... So if Real Madrid has a really off game, absolutely any team in the world can mm-hmm. beat them. I do think that. It's not like Real Madrid are untouchable. Um, but... I don't know if Liverpool's back line can handle what's coming at them with Real Madrid. Like, that's Benzema, that's Vinny Jr., that's Valverde, that's Modric. Like, these guys are just... Yeah, it depends who plays. Like, I think if Matic plays, it makes a big difference, but he hasn't been playing a lot this season, which has played them a ton. Trent is... Sus. What he is. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to be. Trent me. is what he is. Van Dijk on his day is the, one of the best. I agree. Uh, I agree with uh, you on that. Uh, Andrew Robertson is uh, Andy Robertson is world class in my opinion. I think he's crazy good. But yeah, like 
Fabinho's not been great. Thiago is, when he's played, he's been good, but that's the issue when he's played. Nunes, like you said, has been better. Salah's been back in form. I don't know. It's just so hard to say. I mean, there's too many questions, I suppose, with Liverpool to give them the advantage in this tie. I think it's close. I will just give the edge to Real Madrid and we yeah. can whatever the next one is. <laughs> I, okay, here's the thing. I do think Real Madrid's going to win the entire tournament. Uh, I said that before, and I'm going to stand by that, and I do think that it's their tournament to lose, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Liverpool's a very good team. And this is why I've been preaching. I don't buy the injuries narrative. I don't buy the we're tired narrative because they're a good team managed by a good manager with really good footballers individually. So they can show up and absolutely make an, yep. what I would say an upset in this scenario. Yeah. Do I think it'll happen? No, but they do have that potential. This isn't like a Real Madrid write-off. I just think that Real Madrid's too strong and too dominant. Yeah, I think that's fair. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, AC Milan, Tottenham. <laughs> well, I'm just going to stand by my point. Where I was a little premature on that. I So I posted that TikTok on Saturday that was like, Tottenham don't win big games. And then I was like, Oh shit! They play Liverpool tomorrow. What if Liverpool, what if they beat Liverpool <laughs> and then luckily they didn't. So my point, yeah. <laughs> my point stood pat. But this is a interesting one. I I think AC Milan could win this one pretty well, but they've not been in great form either. Like it, I agree. Uh, that other thing I've loved about this draw is there's a lot like the, besides the first two we spoke about. I think everything else is a little closer. I'll give I'll give Milan the advantage just because they are the champions of Italy. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of talent. Tottenham, again, not beating great teams so far this season. Maybe it's, by the time February comes around, things are a little bit different for them. But for now, I'll, I'll put my eggs in uh, in for AC Milan. Yeah. I, as an AC Milan fan, don't hate this draw at all because here's nope. the thing about Tottenham. Right now, Harry Kane is the most unappreciated footballer in the world because how he's able to come on the pitch and make this immediate impact in the most um, 
heavy situations in the game, you know, in the critical, in the most critical moments in the game, he doesn't get enough credit. He, to me, he feels like he's the only light on this Tottenham team right now. So for me, if AC Milan's able to just shut him down and play a solid game consistently, I think that's kind of what's missing is that consistency component with AC Milan in the Champions League. I do think that they're able to beat Tottenham. They're second in Serie A. They've been climbing the table in the Italian league. Uh, I think Giroud's been a huge guy for them, carried them mm-hmm. on his back in the in the group stages. We need him to show up again. Uh, like, we, like we said on last episode, he's a guy who shows up to big games. We're going to need him to continue doing that. Young talent, Rafael Leao. I don't know. I just... This Tottenham team is good. I think they have been unlucky with VAR. I do think that they've been unlucky with refereeing, but you can't solely rely on that as an excuse. You can't solely rely on Harry Kane to do every single thing. And if Milan's just able to shut that down, I think that they are able to move past this. Now, I will say, group stages were scary for AC Milan. It wasn't ideal. It wasn't ideal. And I gave them, I had too much belief for them to kind of not get by easily, but to get by confidently. And they're going to need to step up another level to get past Tottenham. I think if Tuchel would have stayed as the manager, they would have won the group. Yeah. I think that's my thing. Uh, just looking at the schedule going into this match for Milan, uh, they play Inter, Lazio, and then Inter again, all within a month of the Tottenham game. Mm-hmm. I think that's big. You have big occasional games coming up. So then you have Tottenham at the San Siro. I like, I like the fact it's at the San Siro for the first leg because I don't think um, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or whatever it's called now is that threatening of a place, I guess. And like San Zero, there's the dauntingness of like the history behind it. Yeah. And I think that really matters. And I think that can help Milan. Again, Tottenham does have game breakers with Kane, Son, Kulisevsky, who's not played a lot, which is he should be back for this one. So that would change things too. But for now, I'm just going to go with Milan. I think by this point, they're probably right up there. I know you said the second, but they're probably a lot closer to Napoli as yeah. too. Like, so I'll go with Milan. Okay, we have the same picks right now. Yes. This is good to know. We'll see if, uh, see if, we're, if, if see we keep going change. down. Frankfurt, Napoli. You guys know how I feel about Frankfurt. I love this team, and I really hope that they do something special. Uh, they they had club history getting into the round of 16, which is massive. They're riding this wave of momentum. I think everyone wants to see them do well, mm-hmm. unless there's fans out there who are just like Bundesliga haters, which yeah. I feel like there's many of them. But this is just a wholesome, feel-good team with passionate fans that you want to root for and see them happy. That's at least how I feel. But, man, I don't know. Napoli, Napoli to me, is a team that could, if they keep playing like this, go all the way. They're too good. I, I agree. think they're too good. I don't think Frankfurt has enough to get by Napoli. Um, I think they're a final four team, mm-hmm. Napoli, as long as the draw kind of favors them. And even if it doesn't, I think they have the capability of knocking off big teams. A lot of game breakers. I just don't think Frankfurt has enough. I'm assuming we're going to guess the same on this one too. So I'm going to go Napoli. Me too. Napoli too. But I also think what's cool, I mentioned the momentum that Frankfurt might have, but think about the momentum that Napoli has right now in the Champions League. Not only are they winning and performing well and they have these superstar players that are coming out of nowhere. Now everyone knows who Cavada Donna is, right? Mm-hmm. And small nickname, by the way. That's like a, yeah. that's an impressive nickname to have. Um, so think about how their momentum is rooted in like, 
the culture of their football club, the football culture right now in the Champions League. Everyone wants a piece of Napoli. Everyone wants to talk about Napoli. Everyone wants to know about Cavada Donna. And this is what's cool about what they're doing. I think that they have this sense of pride because they're like, our club has been slept on for all of these years. Mm -hmm. And now we are a club that's headlining almost every football media outlet. And we want to prove to everyone what we can do because we have the stars and the players and the team and the managers to do exactly that. And that's why I think the momentum that Napoli has has almost been this like humble, silent, let our results prove what we're doing type of mentality. And they've been killing it. I would love to see them win this entire tournament or at least have a solid run where everyone's like, respect for Napoli, respect for Serie A. Yep, and uh, I think that's how it's going to go. Like, they're one of the, like, just even... Just look at all these teams. I put them right up there with the best. Like, I think they're just as good as pr- probably, like, Real Madrid and City right now, to be honest. The way they're able to dominate their club leagues. Like, take away the names, just look at the result, and it's like, oh, wow. They're first yeah. in the league. City isn't first in the Premier League. Real Madrid isn't first in La Liga anymore. Yep. I don't know. Put some respect on Napoli. I think they're going to do really well. That's what I mean about them being these, like, silent leaders, yeah. right? It's, yep. They're quietly doing it, and I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. Uh, Dortmund, Chelsea. Yeah, I think. Um, I want to hear what your what your take is on, or who your pick is. I'm on the Dortmund train. Me too. Oh, okay. Yay! I Chelsea haven't been able to quite find everything they want yet this season. We spoke about it a couple of shows ago. I think Graham Potter is a fantastic manager. I think he'll be the first Englishman to win the Premier League, but. I just like Dortmund a lot and I think they've been able to perform in big games so far in the Champions League and like when they went to um when and played in Manchester to play against City, like yes, the result didn't go great for them, but they put in a good performance and yet they got a draw against mm-hmm. City as well in Dortmund. I know they lost uh, sorry, they drew to Copenhagen as well, but also like tournament was done. Yeah. Like they didn't have to do a lot there. They're a good team. They got a lot of talent and yeah, I feel like the fact Chelsea hasn't been phenomenal this season. I don't think this is... I think this is a close tie, but I, I like the edge of Dortmund. And I think Jude Bellingham, for me, is it's a game changer. He, oh. He's so good. He's so, so good. Hopefully, he's coming off a very good World Cup, too, with England and just keeps the momentum running throughout the rest of the season and into the Champions League and help prove that Dortmund isn't just Erling Haaland. I agree. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's almost already been established, right? Yep. Which it's funny because when we had our initial Champions League preview show, the one, the first one that we did, we we didn't think Dortmund was getting out of the group. No, I was a little 50-50. I wasn't sure if it would be that most severe and then severe just really dropped off the face of the earth. And so. now we're at a point where we're both picking them to beat Chelsea. And I do think Chelsea is different under Potter and Fans I, I was seeing online are are upset with Potter because they said that Tuchel, when he coached Chelsea, he had never lost two league games in a row. And I'm like, it, 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 it does happen. Potter's taken on this team in this position, but you also see what he's done in the Champions League and how quickly he turned it around for Chelsea because that, that entire situation may have not happened if Tuchel was still the manager. Yep. So fans are kind of like, wishy-washy in my opinion in that way but Jude Bellingham with Dortmund other players on this Dortmund team I do think that they have it in them to take down this Chelsea team maybe a little bit of a low-key upset um and 
I've never been hot on Chelsea. I like Chelsea more with Potter, but I think Dortmund might be this little like Cinderella story that we're seeing with Jude Bellingham and company and that I'm completely on board for. Well, Chelsea's seventh in the Premier League right now. (laughs) Dortmund is currently losing to Wolfsburg as we have this conversation, but Wolfsburg, a respectable team in their own right too. I don't know. I just think I just got that feeling about Dortmund that they just kind of like a little bit like Napoli, but not as that extreme where they're trying to like prove everyone wrong. Where it's like we're not just a one man club; we're a really good team. And yeah, Dortmund went on that run, however long ago that was, with Klopp, where they lost to Bayern Munich at Wembley with Mario Götze, all those guys, right? Like that was prime Dortmund. So hopefully, we can just kind of see that next generation and keep going. Jude Bellingham, right now, United and Liverpool are trying to secure him in the summer transfer window, which is crazy. I wouldn't go to either. If I, I, I him, like that I, you say that. I wouldn't go to either. Like, I just... <laughs> Dortmund's a be- in a better spot right now. United's an absolute shambles. Every single week, there's something crazy that comes out about them. If it's about whoever it is, it doesn't even matter. But just the team as a whole. Liverpool, their team is literally up for sale. <laughs> <laughs> like... Come on! I don't want to laugh, but it's yeah, just it's so true. Funny. Like it's, I just think Dortmund just just give it another time. Like he's still a young player, and who knows? Like I'd rather just go and play on like a honestly just buy Munich, just go buy him. Like to if, be honest, like, honestly, if I could say anything to Bellingham, I'd say money isn't everything, and I wonder if Casemiro had the chance to kind of foresee what the future would like be like yeah. with United if he would have stayed with Real Madrid. It would have been interesting. I, I think if you even look at this Dortmund game right now, so if Dortmund win this game, they, they're they locked in for first with Bayern Munich for the top of the Bundesliga. Yeah. Like Bundesliga is just becoming more open a little bit. Yes. So, yeah, I would just stay with Dortmund. Quick, what did you think about Eric Ten Hag making Ronaldo the captain? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what to read into this <laughs> stuff anymore. It just feels like... Absolute mind games everywhere, and it's uh, odd. I, it is. It's so odd. Like I just don't really understand. I guess it kind of makes sense in the sense of like he's a veteran player who's been around for a while, and there's not a lot of other guys. I'm assuming like Bruno didn't play, right? I didn't watch the game. I didn't watch the game either. But that's just for me. Like it's an when when Ten Hag did that, I I was like he's lost the his he's lost his stance in the argument. Because yeah. he's benched Ronaldo. There's the drama with Ronaldo. He got mad at him when he walked off. All this stuff. And now he's the captain. It just makes no sense to me. Just like, l- you know what? Yeah. I'd have way more respect for him to be like, this is how I feel. And this is where I'm standing on the fence. And yeah. But- just looking at the team, the only other player I would have gave it to was maybe David De Gea. I don't know. Whatever. It was a, it was a weakened team for United against Villa on Saturday, Sunday. So yeah, interesting. I don't know. We'll see. That whole Ronaldo, Ten Hag, United saga is... Injected into my name. You could write three bucks about it. You could. You could. Okay, Interporto. For me, this matchup could go either way. I had a hard time thinking about this one. I'm... um, Porto, for me, we got Estacchio. We got him scoring Champions League goals. We we want him to do well. Um, And I think Porto has been doing really well. So I, I understand that side of the conversation. Inter also proving themselves... In, in a group, in a Champions League group, that wasn't easy. Yep. So for me, this one is could go either way. Um, I'd rather, I think just with some bias because of Estacchio, I would want Porto to win. But with that being said, I don't have bias in, in, my, in my pick to win because this could literally go any way, in my opinion. But just because I have loyalty to Estacchio, I'm going to say Porto. 
<laughs> well, I'll say Porto as well. <laughs> so <laughs> I just, I don't know. There's something about this Inter team. It's like, yeah, I believe You're not it. sold on them. No, and I'm just looking through the results here and I kind of figured this was what it would be before I looked. They're not winning a lot of big games either. Very similar to Tottenham. Lost 2-0 to Juventus. Yep, I know they got a good result in Barcelona and they beat Barcelona, but in the league as well, like Roma lost at home. Udinese lost away. They lost to AC Milan this season. They've lost to Lazio this season. I don't know. I just kind of have this feeling about Porto too where it's like they are winning the... They're winning... Well, I guess is a good way to put it. Like the goalie's playing really well for them. Astakio's thriving. They've got a striker as well who's scoring a lot of goals for them. Let me pull up his name and probably butcher it before I. <laughs> Evan, Evan Ilson, I believe his name is. He's doing really well for them this season. Yeah, I don't know. I think Champions League this year. I like in the the underdog tale we've had so far. I mean, like I said, just look at the teams we have through. Mm-hmm. Like Porto's one of them. Bruges, Benfica, uh, Frankfurt. We didn't expect these teams to maybe even get this far. So, yeah, I'm just going to keep the ride alive for Porto, and I'll go Porto. Okay, me too. So now we come down to the final one. So we are perfect in <laughs> agreement with our Champions League picks, which is great to know. But now our last one, probably the biggest. And I think Real Madrid and Liverpool are big. But this might be the biggest matchup of the Champions League. This is a, a, This could have been a potential final. This could have been a final. A shitty draw for both teams, I'd say, because high level of competition. Mm-hmm. One team is going to get knocked out. If you had to put, if you could win $500 million cash on this game and pick one team, what team are you picking? PSG. Really? Yeah, I don't know what it, I just have that okay. feeling. I just, I've had this feeling from the start. Messi and Neymar are on another level. Then you also throw Mbappe in there. Mm-hmm. I know defensively they're not amazing, but I just I just like them too much. And I think Bayern Munich, yes, fantastic team. No doubt in that. One of the best clubs in the world. But I just don't have that feeling about them this year anymore. And I think the fact they're not dominating the Bundesliga like they have always like is a sign of, one, the Bundesliga is getting better, but also, two, Bayern Munich isn't as great as they used to be. And I think when you take out all those goals from Lewandowski, that's going to do it to any team. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. So, yeah, I'm just kind of kind of feeling PSG for this one. They've got probably two of the best three players in the world right now in form. Oh, no doubt is Messi, Mbappe, and Neymar completely killing it right now. And in I wouldn't even say in form. They're in major form. I mean, this is exactly why I think Messi is going to go on and win the World Cup. But I just don't think from a complete picture that PSG's backline will be able to handle guys like Mane, Muller, Musiala, mm-hmm. um, Sané, Davies when he's in the attack. Because, you know, Davies is a, is a strength in the flank, in, in that flank position. I don't know if a PSG team with three superstars and there's other supporting players. It's almost like a supporting cast around them can handle a well-oiled machine like Bayern. That's where I'm like, I don't know if PSG one can handle the pressure because this is a lot of pressure on this Mm -hmm. PSG team. They've never won a Champions League title and they want to win it now more than ever. And imagine them headlining Mbappe, Messi, Neymar win PSG's first Champions League title. There's pressure. Can they handle Bayern Munich? Can they prove me wrong? I don't know. I don't I don't feel confident in PSG, not because of their superstars, but because they're facing one of the most consistent teams in the Champions League. Yeah, and I I completely agree. Like I think there's there's a lot 
that could go wrong for PSG. I just really believe in Messi and Neymar, to be honest. But that's I think, fair. I think the the way we've seen them just come out and dominate so far this season has just been special, to be honest. Like, it's been fantastic to watch. And, yeah, I just... No, but Liam, know. you're right. Yeah. Even Mbappe. Mbappe scored a goal the other day that I thought was wild. Like, he's so good. Say what you want about him. I always, you know, comment on his dramatics and his personality in certain situations. I don't necessarily love that. But all that aside, mm-hmm. he's an incredible footballer. Yep. Messi is getting older and somehow getting, getting better. better. <laughs> um, and Neymar's, we're, we're finally getting back that old Neymar that we saw a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So you add all those elements together and PSG has the most lethal attack in all of football. 100%. They could put away Bayern Munich if Bayern Munich has a bad game. If Bayern Munich comes out sleeping and not in form and just tactically a mess, they will capitalize on that. But if the Bayern Munich comes out that we've seen in the Champions League, where they're this, like I said, well-oiled machine, I wonder how that would look for PSG from a defensive perspective. And that's where I'm not sold. But they could prove me wrong. And if they do, I will eat my words and absolutely give this credit, this team credit on all fronts. And if they're able to beat Bayern Munich, PSG could win the entire tur- tournament. Yeah, I think, I think this is the toughest one to call out of all of them. But yeah, I I just, yeah, I'm on the PSG train. I'm sticking to my wood. I'm sticking to my guns. I, I appreciate that yeah. about you because you did the same thing with Barcelona and look where the where Barcelona is. Yeah, that worked out pretty well. I'm Playing also United. with Arsenal and <laughs> Newcastle in my yeah. Premier League. Tottenham not winning big games. I got to buy a lottery ticket. What am I doing? You absolutely <laughs> do. You absolutely do. And guys, quickly, before we go, we just want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Uber One. Uh, Liam and I have Uber One memberships best part about it for me personally is the $0 delivery fee. You get 5% off of rides, 5% off of eats. And I don't know about you, but when I watch football, when I watch any sporting uh, game or event, the best part about it for me is the meal. If I'm watching a football match, like let's take PSG and Bayern Munich. The last thing I would ever have is a salad. Cause I'm like, I want to enjoy this moment <laughs> fully. And that means pizza. So, yeah. you know, I always think, my Uber One membership that includes Uber Eats and I order my pizza and the game just gets that much better with this side of ranch because mm, I like my pizza with ranch. I always like the uh, the garlic ranch. Oh, it's so creamy garlic. Yeah, oh, there's so also good. another one that I thrive with is a peppercorn ranch. It's so good. All really ranches. Good. All ranches are friends of Liam. Okay, do you, so you're a ranch guy. Yeah. I love ranch. But in England, we didn't have ranch. I never had ranch until I moved to Canada. Do you guys have any kind of sauce? Mayonnaise. What? <laughs> On pizza? Oh, uh, yeah. I, did. I actually still like dip my crust in, p- in mayonnaise. That's that, not is that terrible. weird? No. Oh. You know what? <laughs> I was a little worried there for a second. <laughs> We're going to try it. Um, I don't think that's that. I mean, I put I like mayo. I put mayo on a lot. Do you know what? Actually, there's a big thing that people don't do in Canada that everybody does in England. Hmm. Donairs. So first of all, they're called kebabs in England. Okay. And you don't have them in a wrap. You just have like a little like tray okay. of meat and you just cover that in mayonnaise. Wow. Or so like no, no pita? No, no, no. Just straight up meat. That's got to give you like the meat sweats, yeah, no? Yeah, it is a lot <laughs> to lot. handle. But after, <laughs> after a good night out and you go to the kebab shop and you get your tray of kebab and you cover it in uh, garlic mayo or mayo, whatever you want to cover it in, it is... Uh, off the charts. What's the stomach feel like after that? 
Oh, it doesn't feel like anything. You've already had too much to drink. Yeah, to it's just true, right? It. Yeah, it's, you, yeah, you can't even understand what's happening. But previewing Europa League and Europa yes. Conference League a little bit on what day is it? Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, we're going to give some love to the Europa League. And we got like Mar- uh, Barcelona and United. Oh, there's so many good ones. So many. Like, we talk about the Champions League being good. So is the Europa League. So we're going to cover yeah. that on Thursday. It's time to give it some love. And we have time because I think this is the first week where there, there isn't nine anything. million games to watch. Yeah. The uh, just to name off a couple I loved, I'll just do one from the Europa League and I'll look at Conference League quickly. I think uh, I have two. So Ajax and Union Berlin is going to be a great one. Really good. I also, we mentioned it off the top, Xavi Alonso with Bayer Leverkusen and Monaco is going to be great. PSV have great players. Rome, Salzburg did a really good job in the Champions League. Shakhtar, there's so many good ones. A sport I didn't even mention. And then you look at the Conference League. I've, there's a tie here, Braga versus Fiorentina. Oh, damn. That's that's the moneymaker for me on that one. Then even like Lazio still in the competition. There's a bunch of Sharif who just played United in, um, what's the other tournament? Europa League, of course. So <laughs> there's, there's so just many. lots of going on <laughs> and it's exciting. European football for clubs is fantastic. I said it at the other show. I love the Europa League and Conference League. I just love the matchups, the different teams, the unpredictability. We'll get in a little bit in the Champions League this year. So overall, all three competitions have been fantastic so far. And I'm excited to see what these knockout games can provide. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you have to say about it because you are a big fan of those leagues. Yeah. So we're going to get your insider perspective on everything. Okay, I've got come prepared. Insider <laughs> Liam, and he'll bring the donair meat with the garlic mayo with oh, no pita. Maybe I will. Maybe that'll be my one. <laughs> well, Uber eats it to set. Yes. Yeah, yes. why not? That's a good idea. Actually. All right, everyone. Thanks for watching this episode of Kicked Back. We'll see you on Thursday. And this has been presented by Uber One. That's a wrap for another episode of Kickback, and thanks so much for listening. You can catch Caroline and Liam here every single week on Tuesdays and Thursdays to give you the latest rundown on all things football. Please don't forget to subscribe and give us a nice five-star rating. Please and thank you. And for even more Kickback content, follow the 90th Minute on all your favorite social channels. See you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.